Welcome to Bible Talk. So glad we could be together as always. And you'll notice I'm in a little bit of a different setting today. I actually am taping this in our church library at the Deltona campus. I, For whatever reason, I love libraries. I enjoy doing it in my study, sometimes from my home. But I just decided today I wanted to be in here in the library and do it because I love libraries and I appreciate our church library here at DAC. And today, I uh, appreciate Daniel Stringer helping out last week with Ephesians. And today, we're going to continue with Ephesians because I'll be preaching from Ephesians um, the following Sunday after I'm taping this Bible talk, uh, which would be the 28th of May, will be the Sunday. And I'll be preaching from Ephesians uh, this week as well. So let's pray and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the book of Ephesians that we can uh, dig into this book and see truth about you uh, that helps us to know you better and as a result know ourselves better and others and how to love you, others, and ourselves better and to follow you faithfully. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we look in Ephesians, and I know Daniel did a great job last week of doing sort of a flyover of the book of Ephesians, and giving us the big picture. And uh, just to reiterate some of the big picture issues is that Ephesians and Colossians are very similar and very, very uh, similar content. And it's interesting that uh, those were both cities in Asia Minor where Ephesians is located in present-day Turkey. The other thing that I want to reiterate that is interesting, I think, about Ephesians is that if you look in the first verse of the first line, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And it says, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Well, the interesting thing is, is that the oldest manuscripts existing of this letter to the Ephesians that, uh, that are, are known uh, do not have um, in Ephesus... Um, it, it, it seemed to be probably initially an encyclical, uh, a letter sim similar to the Galatians, which, which names a region. It was an encyclical to people in Galatia who were believers. But this one, without having a, a comprehensive title like that, uh, was probably intended to be uh, written seven churches of Asia that we see in the book of Revelation would certainly have been recipients. But if Ephesus being the leading church in that region and the one where Paul and later the Apostle John, as church tradition tells us, um, concluded his ministry, um, then Ephesus was a leading church and it's no, no surprise that it would have been, uh, it, its name would have been prominent uh, the bottom line, it was written to the Ephesians, but it was probably also written to other churches. And that could be said for all of the documents in the letters of the New Testament that are specifically written to churches is they were written to Ephesus, but they're also written to us right here at Deltona Alliance Church. So that gives us a little bit of an interesting perspective as well. Now, that being said, there are so many things. Every line in Ephesians is power-packed. What I'd like to do is dive into a section of Scripture 
that I'll be preaching from this coming Sunday, and that has to do with uh, the prayer of Paul for the church and his record of the content of his prayer that's found in chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. And uh, Paul, in his typical fashion here, and we've talked about this before on Bible Talk for those of you that are our uh, regular part of our Bible talk ministry is that Paul being a Western thinker, a Jew of the diaspora, he didn't grow up in Israel. Um, he wasn't an Hebraic Jew. He was what would be called a Hellenistic Jew, meaning Greek Jew. In other words, he grew up outside of Israel. So in the Roman empires, he grew up in Tarsus up north of Israel then he would have been influenced by uh, Western thought and Greek way of thinking, which was linear, not cyclical. And so Paul's writings are usually very organized, logical, and systematic in that regard. Just like we saw in Romans where the first 11 chapters, and then you get to chapter, and he has a conclusion. Then, then you get to chapter 12, and he says, Therefore, uh, you know, based on the mercies of God, I urge you to commit your bodies to living sacrifice. Well, <laughs> a similar thing here in Ephesians, where he does the first three chapters, and he gets down to what we have recorded as verse 14, and he has this prayer that almost includes with a final blessing or even a benediction. And then you get to chapter 4, verse 1, and he says, i Therefore, the prisoner of the Lord urge you, beseech you, urge you to walk worthy of the calling of which you were called. So it's a very similar formula and a very similar structure that you find, for example, in Romans. Is once he, in the first three chapters, just like in the first 11 chapters of Romans, he deals with what we want to call doctrinal truths. He lays out basic foundational truths of the good news of Jesus and what that what that's about in terms of the uh, the theology, in other words, the 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 work that God has done, the understanding of God in Christ, the Christology and the pneumatology, which would have to do with the Holy Spirit, and and then in chapter four and following, he goes into practical applications of that for believers. Okay. Therefore, as a result of what God has done in Christ, and here's, here's foundational propositional truth about that, what should your life look like? Here's what your life should look like. So then we get to chapter 3, verse 14 through 21, which is a prayer followed by a final uh, blessing or benediction, whatever term we want to use, 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the holy ones, all the saints, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, uh, in chapter 5, verse 
18, Paul says, And do not be drunk with wine, which is self-destruction, but be filled with the Spirit. In chapter 3, verse 14 through 19, I believe he is praying a prayer that's a prayer for the filling of the Spirit. Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, I think it's verse 13, uh, if you being evil know how to give good things to, to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And this prayer that Paul offers, notice he says that he would grant you, in verse 16, according to the riches of his glory, in other words, the, the, the great resplendent magnificence of his being to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Okay? <clears throat> Again, notice strength and power from the Holy Spirit. And, the, the, and, and then that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Uh, in other words, that, that through our reliance upon Christ and all that he's done and our trust and, and confidence in him, that Christ would fully in, indwell our hearts, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints, which is the width and length and depth, length, width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. In other words, look at that contradiction, look at that par paradox. To know the love of Christ which is not knowable. And what do you think he's getting at here? He's saying that the true agape of Christ is, is only knowable through supernatural ability, through the grace of God through the Spirit of God, by His grace, giving us the ability to understand, to make us fully human and to understand and to have our, our minds be, be cognizant of truths about God that are not naturally known. So in, to, to know what is beyond knowledge, that, that, that on, the, on the surface, that seems to be a radical contradiction and contrast, does it not? that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, the thing I want you to notice, and, and I want to reinforce this, is that to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, the strengthened, that verb there is an aorist tense verb, A-O-R-I-S-T, aorist tense that Christ may dwell, that may dwell, is aorist tense, and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Fill there is aorist, and it's a passive tense. In other words, aorist tense is something in the Greek that primarily means, and I'm going to use, this is Bible talk, um, we take a little time, punctiliar action. In other words, it's just boom, boom. Present tense is linear or continuous action to use a contrast. 
okay? And what he's saying is that these are believers. These are people that already know Christ. He's addressed them in chapter 1 as what? To the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. The holy saints is hagios or hagioi. Um, it, it's the plural of holy uh, and the verb form of holy in that uh, is, is sanctify. But the idea is that it, it, it's, it's whole, it's, they're set apart. They're already believers. But he's praying for something more to happen, for them to have a, a, a more extensive relationship with Christ and the things that he, to be strengthened, um, that Christ to dwell in your faith, uh, dwell in your hearts through faith, to be filled, that all of that would be something that God would initiate instantaneously in their life and that it would become um, a, a part of their identity and their existence and their understanding. Um, and the result of that being that they understand more fully the love of God and that that would be obviously the motivator in their life uh, with God and others. So I think that's a fascinating point and something that we miss in Scripture is that when we come to Christ, yes, we're to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus, but we're also to trust him to do more in us than he's already done. You see, it's not a question, the filling and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit is not a question of having a part or a piece of God. In other words, when, we're, when we come to Christ, we're baptized by the Spirit into Christ. And so we have all of Christ through his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Okay, we have all of, of him. But the question is, does he have all of us? Does he have all of us? And then in verse 20, notice what it says. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So in other words, that's the final benediction. That's the, the final um, completion of this first section of the book of Ephesians before he goes into chapter, what is chapter 4? I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling to which you were called. So the, the idea is that Paul is completing this first section where he's laid out the, the basic principles of what the good news of Jesus is about to say, and I want you to know the extent of that, the fullness of that. I don't want you to have um, a, a, a secondhand, less than full salvation. I want you to have it all. I want God to fill you and strengthen you and for you to understand fully that which is not understandable naturally by the Holy Spirit, the full measure and dimension of God's love. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to end it there. And like I say, that's a little prequel to what I'd be preaching on this coming Sunday. So those of you that watch Bible Talk that are a part of DAC on Sunday morning, you, uh, you, you know, I'm going over the scriptures that I'll be preaching from uh, that coming week as we move forward in Bible talk. And so you'll, you'll hear more about this Sunday, uh, but hopefully this will whet your appetite. 
And may we pray this prayer for ourselves. Lord, may we be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we are rooted and grounded in love, and may we be able to comprehend with all believers, with all the holy ones, what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, to know something that we can't naturally know, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to his power that is work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.